Hello once again and welcome to another episode of the Miami Comedy Podcast. It's me, Manny Garavito, and I'm here to talk to you about the joys of laughter and all the good times we can share with the power, the art, and the aesthetic that is stand-up comedy here in Miami. Sorry, I'm in a very Disney mood because I just came back from Epcot and I've never been into any theme parks from Disney. I think maybe one time when I was like four or five years old, don't remember much. I don't even think if it's a real memory. However, I felt the magic, everybody. I really did. I realized that theme parks can magically make your money disappear. (laughs) Everything is for sale at a Disney theme park. Everything. Uh, I can't see anybody acting out without there being a sales point. And you got to admire that from Disney. See, here's the thing. Growing up, I was never a big fan of Disney. I never watched any of the movies. Uh, Well, maybe some. I mean, maybe I was forced to see something from Disney that I didn't know was from Disney. Uh, But I never really owned any DVDs or VHS or any of the games or toys or nothing from Disney. I was more like a Nickelodeon kid. And I was so dedicated to Nickelodeon that I guess I just never followed anything Disney. And then, you know, you grow up and my mother, she's aging and she loves watching Disney cartoons. So... I started getting into the Pixar movies. You know, they're pretty creative. I like that movie Inside Out. We went to go see that one when it came out, and it was a, I liked it. It was a good idea. Still never really got into it. And then recently on a whim, I went to Epcot, and the details that is Disney World is, the attention to detail is, is impressive. Every nook and cranny of Epcot, even though I didn't see all of it, I got to admit, it was impressive to see how detailed it was. There were guys banging on drums on one side and some lady talking about Japanese culture on the other side. And we saw a robot, Ben Franklin and Mark Twain, talk about the history of America. And for some reason, Madonna and Beyonce became a part of it. (laughs) Uh, if you ever go to if you ever go to Epcot, go to the American Theater, whatever that little exhibition is, and out of nowhere, as they're talking about the history of America, by the way, hosted by Ben Franklin and Mark Twain themselves, uh, for some reason, there's a cameo of Madonna and Beyonce. It was the most uncanny thing I've ever seen in any of my experiences of a theme park. And by the way, I, I've been to a theme park, but never Disney. Once again, I've been to Universal Studios during, um, what is it when all the monsters go around? Hollow Scream? What is it? Halloween Horror Nights. And uh, I, just, I just don't get it. I really don't get why you wouldn't want to go visit another country and instead go to a theme park. It's, uh, it's just a concentrated experience to wow you within a one-mile radius. You, <laughs> once you go past their territory, it's gone, right? I mean, maybe maybe it's just me because I know a lot of people that are into it. Um, 
And, you know, I was looking around to see the kind of demographics that go to Disney theme parks, and it's a lot of white people. Lots of white people go to Disney, guys. <laughs> and I'd say about 90% of them are white girls, and they all have the Minnie Mouse hats. And there's a lot of people in strollers, and they use the strollers like bumper cars. I mean, it, you kind of... Th- even though the demographics was skewed definitely towards the Caucasian side, there's a lot of white people that love manual transportation, like strollers, wheelchairs. Um, what do you call those uh, those little scooter ones? It's not necessarily a scooter, and it's not a bumper car, but you know, you see people in Walmart riding those things. Like I've seen a lot of th- I've seen a lot of those. A lot of those people riding around. And they take Epcot is a very narrow way to get around, and they take these long and they go fast, like they just go towards your direction, and they want you to move out of their way because they're they're accelerating towards you. That's how packed it is that it's all it's everyone for themselves, and the ones with the vehicles have the upper hand, even baby strollers like. Toddlers just hanging out of a baby stroller. These parents are just maneuvering that thing through crowds of people. Like if the kids are part of the bumper, it's like, you better get out of the way. You're going to hurt my children. And <laughs> it is, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's its wild, especially when it's crowded. It's extremely wild. I recently got into Disney Plus. I just got it because of the Mandalorian. And that's why I decided to go check out Epcot. Apart from the fact that it also had a, a, a global theme, Epcot, right? Uh, you got Japan, Morocco, um, Italy, and the UK. Let's see if I can remember. Uh, I know there's a Jewish area. Uh, there wasn't an Egyptian area because you can't have... That'll be controversial because I was looking around. I was like, why do they have all these great cultures? But they don't have like Egyptian cultures because like, the Jewish people already have their spot there. So, you know, it'll be a little awkward if, you know, the, there's an Egyptian area. You know, they had the Jews as slaves and it's like, what do you, well, it's going to be awkward, right? And you really got to get into character when you're in Disney. You can't just act like you're not part of the Disney experience. You're always in character. These guys are sweating. There's people dressed up as Aladdin throwing away the trash and they're just sweating because of how critical they are in staying in character. I asked the guy for directions and apparently every side of the world in Epcot, they all are they are all into their own culture. Like if you go to China, there's Chinese culture in there, Japanese, there's Japanese culture there. There's uh you know, everybody is an actual representation of the ethnicity from that country, right? So when you go around, the people can hardly speak English and they or they have a really thick accent or they can't understand you. And I'm thinking it's like does ICE know about this? Like uh what's what's going on here? How is Disney allowing this to occur? And they're so into character that some guy I just asked him where the bathroom was, and, and he couldn't understand me, and he was just telling me, 
oh, uh, you know, if you're, if you're really into French bread and wine, there's a little area over here that you can have an experience and have a glass of wine. I was like, no, I'm just looking for the bathroom. And if there's also a show here, and, it, and I'm like, okay, buddy, uh, I'm not going to fire you. It's okay. Take a deep breath. Let's do it together. <laughs> they're just so on edge, right? So anyways, overall, the experience was nice. I enjoyed it. I liked it. I think it was nice. It was different. I'm just being cynical, you know, because I'm a comic. That's just what I do. I got a critical eye. I go around. People try to act a certain way. I see it their way, and then I try to see it my way, and then, you know, make a joke out of it. So, uh, yeah, like I was saying, I got Disney Plus because um, I'm a Star Wars fan, huge Star Wars fan since, I was, since I've been a kid. And then when Disney bought Star Wars, I will never forgive them for what they did on The Last Jedi. Uh, I truly believe that there was a big agenda involved in the messaging of The Last Jedi, I think that the characters were awful. I think, as uh, Ryan Johnson said, subverting expectations led towards disappointments. Even if that was part of the plan, even if that was part of the plan, I think it was very disappointing. All the twists and turns that they try to do, and um, let's admit it, some of the jokes were a little improperly placed. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it just ruined Star Wars for me. And don't take my word for it. Go to Rotten Tomatoes, see what the audiences are saying. Go to YouTube, see what the audience are saying. And then go to, uh, where was another one that uh, had a really good one? Was it Reddit? Yeah, go to Reddit. Or look at the, the, look at the numbers for that Han Solo movie they did. Didn't it tank because of what they did with The Last Jedi? Anyways, what I'm trying to say is I'm not alone here. I knew something was up while I was watching the movie, and then they said that they needed a refuel to go on hyper on hyperdrive. I'm like, really? You need you need gasoline to to travel through space in a portal. <laughs> That's when I knew that there was something going on. They 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 got some some weird agenda going on in there. Anyways, um, so yeah, the last Jedi definitely ruined um. The legacy that is Star Wars. And you know what? To be honest, you know, George Lucas isn't innocent either. I, I was also watching, now that I got Disney Plus, I was watching the um, the first three prequels of Star Wars. And uh, yeah, there's there's too much CGI. I never realized how CGI that movie is. Uh, you might as well just have made a video game with how much graphics these these prequel movies had, right? So The Mandalorian, I'm a few episodes in. Um, just saw Bill, Bill Burr's cameo on there, and uh, I don't know why there isn't a YouTube video. As outlandish as YouTube videos are when it comes to Star Wars series, somebody should go out there and make like a parody saying that they think that Snoke was Bill Burr the whole time because that that forehead and <laughs> the the cameo was great. And I'm I'm really enjoying the Mandalorian, and it has definitely helped. Like that entire series from Episode One to I think it's currently at six. Um, that's how Star Wars should be. I like I like the way Jon Favreau is making the Mandalorian come alive and being a part of the Star Wars universe. I I'm thoroughly enjoying that so much, and I'm glad that it's it's making a revival. The storytelling, the characters, um, you know, they're they're keeping the spirit alive for the fans out there, and I appreciate that. So as I grow up, it's kind of like I'm inverted, right? As a kid, I didn't like Star Wars, but now as I'm growing up. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me let me rephrase that. Uh, as a kid, I didn't enjoy Disney, but growing up, I'm now beginning to enjoy it because you know they're picking up um, Star Wars and they're doing a good job with it now. And um, now that I'm experienced, 
I have experienced the first theme park. You know, I kind of, kind of like uh, looking forward to tr- seeing another one. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's my that's my story with Disney so far. Um, and uh, let's make some quick announcements. I forgot to do this in the beginning. I usually do these announcements in the beginning, but if you've made it this far, let's go ahead and make some uh, quick announcements. So this Wednesday at uh, Barter, which is the 18th of December, we're going to have a Los Angeles-based comedian, good friend of mine called Adam Shiva. He's coming to town, and he's putting together a showcase and bringing that L.A. flavor, right? So make sure you go to Barter, 9 o'clock. It's ladies' night. Ladies drink free from 10 to midnight. It's by far one of the hottest comedy shows we've got in our lineup. Thursday nights are really picking up over at Mr. Wright's Gold Digger Saloon. Last Thursday was an amazing turnout. We had a great show. All the comedians came out, socialized, and we put on one hell of a laugh track of a show. Like, the laughter could be heard outside the venue. It was so much fun. Big shout-out to all the comics that came out and uh, all the people that are listening that have gone to our shows. Definitely check out the Thursday nights, especially if you want a date night location because of the way that this place is set up. It's like a Western-themed, charming, vintage area. Also, they pay lots of attention to detail, just like Disney. If you go there, it's a nice little bar Great cocktails, great food. Definitely check it out. Tuesday, Sweet Caroline is always one of the best rooms to work out in. If you really want to see the artist stand-up comedy and the crowd work, check out Sweet Caroline every Tuesday night, 9 o'clock. And for Mondays at the Red Bar, our longest-running comedy show, the base of it all, the foundation of Miami comedy, started over at the Red Bar, the most consistent comedy show that we've had in Brickell for many, many years. Um, on the 30th, we're going to have Esther Koo headlining the final show of 2019. And lots of great news is coming out for 2020. You know, apart from my other projects such as LaughWise, such as uh, ComedyCalendar.com, there's going to be some new venues opening up that we're going to be partnering up with. And we're pretty soon going to have seven nights a week of comedy, all consistent, full of uh, attendees and uh, drinks and good times and just setting up the, the the scene for it all. Pretty soon Miami Comedy is going to be like a big theme park of comedy shows here in the Magic City. <laughs> I'll see you guys in the next podcast episode. Thanks for tuning in.